Let that coffee brew, let that air burn Meditating on my past and the lessons learned Wanna live life, wanna find me Wanna read the impressions of society Let that coffee brew, let that air burn Meditating on the past and the lessons learned Just wanna live life, just wanna be me Just wanna break these chains and become free Peace, 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 and welcome to another episode of Talks with Mert, where we discuss mental health, spirituality, emotions, and the everyday struggles of being a human being. Talks inspired by my own personal experiences and conversations I used to have with my mama. I am your host, Mert's son, and um, this is the platform where we talk about all the thoughts and the words that go unspoken about personal, uh, personal growth, doubt, fear, depression, happiness, mental health. Whatever it is, we do it all right here in the name of healing. And um, you can follow the podcast at um, Facebook, um, Talks with Mert, uh, Instagram, Talks with Mert. Um, if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, we're on there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, if you listen to us on there, please like, review, rate. Uh, let us know that you're loving the, the conversation and the talks. And, um, yeah, so today I'm here at the in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're at the Vincent Van Gogh Immersive um, art exhibit um, and I'm sitting in a residence area where a bunch of local artists are gathering the Yellow House Initiative and they're working on you know just pieces that inspired and that are inspired by the, the Vincent Van Gogh art exhibit and you know think parts of his life and things that he went through and um, I'm sitting here with a special guest today a very special guest um, is an artist that's working here with the the collective of all the artists that are here gathering um, working in this area, Dean Harper from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm going to jump right into his bio, and then we're going to jump into why I'm speaking with him today. Um, well, I'll go ahead and tell you why I'm speaking with him today. <laughs> it's Talks with Mert. We're talking about mental health, you know, and Vincent Van Gogh was an artist. Um, he was going through a lot of mental health problems, um, and he had nothing but his art to get through. And this is an artist here who, just like the rest of us, has gone through shit, and we're still trying to shine out here um, doing what we do. Uh, but Mr. Dean Harper, 22 years old, um, he does traditional um, digital art, uh, philosophy and politics, uh, student at UPenn. Um, his bio says he finds comfort in creating small, individualized spaces, like driving down the highway at 3 a.m. or sitting in a diner under the neon open sign. Um, with his art, he's bringing the comfort out into the world, uh, taking that familiar electric glow everywhere he goes. Uh, engineered, energized colors hit hard lines and things that may, that may make a little bit sense. I make spaces I want to exist in. It becomes easier to be. I make spaces I want to exist in. It becomes easier to be. That's what it's all about. You know, creating the space that you want to be in. But... I ain't finna go into details of how I do doing all my talking, talking about me. I'm gonna bring on Mr. Dean Harper so y'all he can tell y'all about himself. Um, and here he is. What's up, bro? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Um, how you feeling? Hey, okay. Uh, glad to be here. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so just let us know about you, man. Um, your life, uh, who you are, you know, how you do this shit called life. Okay. Um... I was born in a pretty small town, I guess. Uh, I grew up, actually, I was born right outside of Taylorsville. Um, and I grew up really in a small country church. My dad's a pastor. 
Uh, and so that was sort of the vibe for me for a long time was being the pastor's kid, you know, um, sort of the expectation behind that, the, the, I guess the personal compulsion, but also the social compulsion to be a, a perfect person, you know, and that was, uh, that was one of the things that really, uh, was one of the, my first struggles, I guess, yeah. um, as much as I, you know, I love my father, I love who he is, and I feel like growing up around him and around ministry and such has been a, a really powerful and impactful thing for me. Um, it's shaped a lot of how I view the world, but um, it also has led to a lot of, I guess, disillusionment with, yeah. with certain things, you know. You grow up around organized religious structures for a long time, and, and uh, you sort of see the same things over and over again, where people use it as... A, as almost a weapon at times um, yeah. and I feel like that's you know talking about spirituality and such I feel like faith and and religion are can be almost entirely separate concepts you know yeah. uh, you can have personal faith you can you know whether that's in God whether that's in your you know people however it goes um, but at the end of the day whenever you start to you know, organize that whenever you start to institutionalize it it sort of become a problem because of you know power structures and all that yeah yeah um, but uh, so that that was a lot of my childhood. Uh, I grew up, you know, like I said, small town. Uh, moved when I was a kid to an even smaller town, yeah. uh, a place called Littleton. And uh, I mean, uh, on the map, population is under seven hundred. That kind mm. of deal. Um, and it was around that time, whenever uh, I really started to get into art. You know, I was you know eight, maybe nine. And it was just sort of a way that I could, I don't know, just sort of do something that was uh, relaxing, calming, something that was uh, helping me speak, you know. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, and this sort of, you know, something I've, I've kind of recently been dealing with is, is finding out that uh, I'm autistic. Yeah. And so uh, that, that put into perspective a lot of things about my life, a lot of the ways that uh, I grew up, you know, how I wouldn't want to talk at times you know my a lot of discomfort socially things like that um and art was always a way that i could speak and be heard especially yeah. with my father you know he's he's a very artistically minded person i feel um he was honestly the one that sort of got me into it uh he used to draw whenever he was in high school and all that so i got i found his old sketchbooks in the attic one day and i was like yo what is this he's like uh that's that's just my old stuff i'm like you draw he's like well I sort of did, so I started, I wanted to be as good as my dad. You know, that was yeah. the whole thing. And now I look around, and and he says, you know, oh, you passed me a long time ago. And I'm like, well, I don't know about <laughs> that, but uh, but I, he, a lot of his stuff was sort of influencing me as a kid, and you know that that relates all across my interest levels. You know, he's a big like uh, kind of medieval fan. You know, like Tolkien, yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings, all that good stuff. You know. Um, castles and dragons yeah 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 <laughs> he was a D kid growing up like he, he was like yeah no i always played like an elf ranger or something like that i was like are you yeah, serious yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah so whenever i got into D D a little bit he was kind of excited about that um yeah but no in comic books you know comics he was a big spider-man big iron man guy growing up um and so like he had this gigantic trunk full of comic books like i'm talking stuff from you know the 70s all the way through the 90s and I used to go, and I would, I would, you know, I had to ask to get into those because some of them were kind of valuable. Yeah. Uh, but I would, I would pour over those things, and so I started collecting my own comic books and all that. Like, you know, now I'm, I'm really big into that, and that's sort of how I got my start with a lot of things was, was 
just trying to draw comic book characters, you yeah. know. Uh, I always say I draw, you know, I draw buff guys because I would like to find a buff guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess, um, I don't know, that sort of segues to a, to another aspect of me. You know, I'm, I'm queer. I'm very, you know, I'm very open about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But for a long, you know, religious background, yeah. yada, yada, you know, it wasn't always a thing that I could be exceptionally open about. Hi. Yeah, oh, we yeah, are. We good. How you right doing? Now. Yeah, we're going right now. Yeah, we're here. We're going right now. Live? Yeah, we're very live. <laughs> Speaking about um, Van Gogh, you know, he dealt with mental health. Um, oh no, you're fine. Um, you know, he he's, he dealt with mental health and he yeah. yeah, bad. Um, he was always lonely. You know, dark, isolated, and that's how people the story you hear about him cutting off his ear and the stuff that he went yeah. through. But yeah, yeah gotta be. But you know, he had art you know, to make way of the world and deal with his feelings and expressions. And that's yeah. what I'm interviewing Dean about. Um, just things that we know, we know been through and, you know, how we use art to get through it and yeah. get an understanding of the world. But yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you, um, you do art as well? Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to speak on it? How, how it has helped you? Or how did you relate to the immersive? Yeah. I'm actually here with my friends, and we're in Rent, the musical on tour. So we're here, yeah, we're here in Charlotte right now performing. But yeah, we all like open our hearts and feel things, and like we use our show to deal with what's going on in our personal lives. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we do our job, but at the end of the day, like we're bringing ourselves to the stage, and we—it's therapy. It's well, yeah. I don't know if it's therapy, but it's cathartic. Is that too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, this is the rest of the cast. Yeah. They're laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on a podcast right now. Don't text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Um, yeah. But that's it. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. You have a great oh, hair, by the way. Oh, I appreciate. You're really it. working it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. Enjoy the rest of your podcast. Uh, thank Thanks. you. Thank you for chiming in. Of course. Appreciate it. And. Thank you. And y'all so cool. again. We, it, was, it was cool, right? right. And um, yeah, guys, we're here at the uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh's uh, immersive art exhibit. And these are some of the people that are coming out of the exhibit. And they just happen to be walking by while I'm sitting here it's speaking. It's so strange. Day. You meet yeah. so many weird, but like just cool people. Like I, people I didn't think I would meet, you know. Uh, I'm trying to even think. Like this, this dude asked me the other day, he was like, hey, would you mind working on my motorcycle i'm like what do you mean work he's like i'd like you to do like a portrait on the side of my my bike i'm like yeah are you serious and like i just just random stuff like that you know such weird interesting stuff um i found some people from like philadelphia who who had gone to you know same school i'm at and they were like Mm -hmm. oh what like and so they were asking me you know details about it like all that sort of shit it was it was fun yeah but and that's sort of the vibe see (laughs) Cast of, cast of rent coming through and talking. Yeah, dope, man. <laughs> Gotta love it, bro. <laughs> yeah, but um, I love I love the weird. I would love that I was like you know I'm queer and all of a sudden one of the gayest mm. musicals comes up. Like yes, yeah. hell yes. <laughs> Feel right there, right? Feel home. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, man. Go ahead with your story. Uh, Keep going. I don't yeah. know. Jeez, uh, where even was I? Uh, he was speaking on the. Um, Right now is how you're coming in. Yeah, yeah, sexuality. And yeah, all. you know that was something that I, you know, I always, like, I thought it was gay for the longest time. Um, mm-hmm. My first crush, Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so you know, and and sort of 
coming through, you know, sexuality, gender identity, all that. You know, it was it was a it was a bit of a struggle being in a, a very religiously conservative environment. Um, was not always something that my family and I saw eye to eye on, uh, mm-hmm. especially my mom. Uh, and I guess that was just something that uh, greatly shapes the way that I. I you things you know yeah it was sort of i guess that and that you know around when i was 17 was when i came out to my family okay and i was like all right well uh, i guess this is you know if i'm doing it i'm gonna do it and so i told him and i guess at that point was when some you know general discord started about that and mm-hmm. uh, it sort of fueled a lot of i guess counterculturalism. yeah in a way uh, from what I've been raised, at least, you know, because yeah. everyone has a culture, everyone has their own unique Bad culture, ground. and I feel like, you know, me now is very in line with a lot of the culture that I'm seeing. You know, we're artists. You know, there, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, queer degenerates here. You know, it's this a whole thing. Everybody's different. Everybody's different, and yeah. and that's cool. And then you know, you go back to, you know, small town religious values, and it's sort of more conformist. You know, yeah. it's and everyone's sort of the same. Um, and I guess, you know, part of that I always found was a there can be a sort of a beauty to, to people who are who have the same values, you know, yep. people who are similar. But at the same time, whenever it becomes dogma, whenever it becomes just, I, I guess, like I said, institutional, organized, whatever, it, it becomes a bit of a, a somewhat problematic, I guess, yeah, a little bit does. stifling. Um, but as so that's, you know, that's when you first started feeling like uh started... I guess, well, really, I, I was, I'd been, you know, pretty much clinically depressed, general anxiety yeah. disorder since I was, like, around 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was, was home stuff. You know, my mom used to, <laughs> I mean, she used to, she used to really lay into me a lot. Uh, yeah. I still got scars all over my back just from, you know, when she would get into me. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, coming home and everyone expects a very, very, you know, standard life you know everyone's supposed to be happy especially from the pastor's family and then behind closed doors my dad didn't even know what was going on and you know i'm I'm keeping this very big secret about oh yeah no my mom is like you know going through and and basically kicking the shit out of me every day yeah It, it, it was a that was the start of a long struggle in mental health i think um and i mean i feel like i'm pretty open about everything now i mean i can talk about shit and it's it's no problem um but back in the day, you know, the secrets were the thing. Uh, there was so much that I was just not telling anybody, you know, because I didn't know how they'd react. I didn't know what that would mean. You know, would my dad lose his job? Yeah. How does that impact me? How does that impact my family? You know, my sisters, my sisters are adopted. And that was already, you know, they're both biracial, you know. And so yeah. a lot of that came, it was a bit contentious for, for people around there, too. And it's like, you know, you'd think it was, it was like, what, 2015, 2016, whenever they finally, like, got adopted, adopted. And we'd yeah. had them since 2014. So you'd think that people would be chill about things like that, mm-hmm. especially consider, I don't know, but at the same time, and I mean, I don't know. And you can just imagine the damn, the heaviness that's on you having to hold it, hold it in. It's like, yeah, it's a part of you that you can't guess. express. It, it, or, and that was, that was sort of, you know, so whenever I finally like started talking and opening mm-hmm. up, I mean, I let, I stopped really caring about people. Yeah. Good. And I mean, no, man, that wasn't a bad way. To, I stopped caring about people yeah. as a whole. You know, I, mean, I I was glad to finally say what was on my mind. I was glad to finally do whatever. But I felt like there was a time whenever I was just, uh, you know, I'd shut myself off for so long. And I just, 
I became really callous. Yeah. And uh, that was really, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was a bit rough at first for that. And I was trying to find back who I was uh, and become, a, I guess, take the best parts of myself. Mm -hmm. And instead of restructuring my entire identity and trying to, trying to be something that I wasn't just to prove a point. Yeah. You know, embracing who I was on both sides of the coin and, and, and you know, admitting that they're the same entity without having to compromise all this sort of stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And I guess, and that's, you know, that I plunged myself into a lot of things, you know, relationships, art, that sort of thing. And I, I ended up getting this very, very toxically abusive relationship where like, you know, sexual abuse was a constant thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of set me down again, you know, after feeling like I was, I was good. I was like, like you moving along. forward. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden I just kind of, Fell back into it and say, two steps back. Yeah, one no, step forward, two back. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> pretty <like> much. <laughs> and so now I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, I finally, I finally got rid of all these negative aspects of my life. Maybe a year ago, mm -hmm. uh, honestly, yeah, a year ago in November it was like I was, I was pretty much cut off from everybody that had been really, you know, abusing or hurting me or, or doing also, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And congrats, I started, by the way. Man. Yeah, no, thank like, you. I yeah. mean, it feels. I honestly, I never thought that I'd, I'd actually get there. Yeah, it was uh, because these people were like crucial components. Of my, I mean, one of them is my, you know, my fucking mom. Yeah, and for that much, it was, it was. Uh, I never thought that she'd be out of my life, uh, and that's. It's really nice now that that. Yeah, I can just be me. And so, at the end of the day, I, I the past year has been really just me putting me first yeah. you know trying to trying to be trying to emphasize what i'm doing with art trying to emphasize what i'm doing with myself you know yeah. getting back to to feeling like a person again you know i was talking yeah. i was talking to sam shaver the other day uh, i love that love that guy to death fantastic artist and everything and we we had gone out to lunch or whatever and we were just hanging out with uh with some people and like he was like you know today it's like it felt like i was being a person i'm like yeah, yeah that's the vibe and that's i feel like that's this whole year I've been trying to figure out what to say or how to say it. Like, what am I, what am I feeling right now? I'm like, no, I'm just feeling like a person. Yeah. I don't feel, you know, I'm not laying in bed doing the same thing, you know, wasting away and not eating because I'm depressed. I'm not, you're you know, moving. You're, yeah, you're yeah. I'm, I'm doing stuff. And it's, it's such a weird concept because you feel like you should be doing stuff all the time. You're doing like, nah, there's, there's been points in my life where it was just a standstill. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know. I'm moving forward. That's a progression. Yeah, man. yeah. That shit beautiful, bro. <laughs> Damn, that's beautiful. And it's crazy. Everything that you spoke on that helped you feel better or get to a place of peace, it's like shit that is like needed. Like you need yeah. to do isolation. You have to get rid of the things that are toxic to you. And unfortunately, like if it has to be family, then it has to be that way. Because I've had to do the same shit. Like, with family like you know what i'm saying or yeah, friends no, I feel you. It, it's a whole like, thing you know getting cutting just cutting down on some friends in general who were honestly just sort of negative influences and i, I feel like that's such a weird thing to say you know mm -hmm. oh yeah no they were bad influences but really i mean genuinely that's what it is it's a bad influence on who you are and maybe they're not maybe they're not bad people you know nope uh like people you know abusers and all that of course that's categorically a bad person yeah but just friends in general sometimes you guys just don't vibe and you conflict yeah. with each other and, and it's just especially when you're moving in one way yeah and you know you know friends come around for a time you know i had one of my best friends we've been friends for 11 years at this See. point like a few months ago we were like you know i think we're we're moving into very different people right now 
Yeah. And that's not like both of us are sort of not helping each other grow. Yeah. And we just we were like, all right, well, we'll catch up in three years, see how we're doing, you know. And that was the vibe. That's what's and, up. And other than that, you know, it was very it was very chill. We were all good. It's like you know, sometimes you you get to a point where you don't need people anymore. Yeah. Certain people. Nah, bro. I, nah, I know what you're saying, sir. Because I get nice. when I'm in a damn corner, you got everything you need, and we go get into the art soon, y'all. But right now, we talking about <laughs> the daily <laughs> shit that we go through. <laughs> we'll get to the tools that we need later. But no, I feel like I've just given you my entire life story. In nah, about, and you it's know, cool. Minutes. <laughs> nah, it's cool, bro. Because people got to get the story. They got to understand, yeah. like. You know, it's all this shit is a process. It's a life. Everything takes time. Yeah, yeah. You know. And that's that's sort of a thing, you know, just mm-hmm. realizing that things take time. Things take time. Not everything's on a time span. You know, I, I, I entered, I, I went to school when I was 17, right? I'm 22 now. Yeah. I'm still a sophomore in school. I had to take some time off. Yeah. And that was a big point of contention for, like, you know, some of my family members, you know, uh, my partner at the time. You know, it was a whole thing of, of why do you need to take time? Like, why, why are you... You know, just go back. I'm like, yeah. well, I can't. I'm, you know, when I when I, you know, as things were happening, it was something I just couldn't do. I needed to take time. I needed to heal. You know, yep. hell, I can't say it enough. Fucking therapy. Therapy. People, people underestimate the value of therapy. Therapy isn't just for you know, people who are so depressed they can't move or yeah. bipolar depressives or anything like that or, or, or schizophrenics. Like, nah, people get therapy for all sorts of things. Everything. And it's it's such a great like I cannot vibe enough with my therapist plus yeah. she's just funny in general like <laughs> yeah i don't see know. i know people that see therapists on a regular basis exactly it's a whole thing yeah, just to do it's it like, it's ju- just mm-hmm. to do it just to make sure that you're like just to make hey sure is there good. something like that i'm missing here yeah checking on yourself yeah yeah, yeah. so with the you know that darkness that started creeping in when you were younger yeah um how how old were you when you started resorting to art or or different things to start making clarity or start around yeah around 10 or 11 was really the vibe there uh you know that was after you know i'd always been sort of an artistically minded kid you know i've got old drawings and all that and i was always the kid in school who was doodling on his papers or whatnot um Mm -hmm. but i really started being intentional about all right let's make art not doodles yeah uh and and then when i got into high school you know it was really i was 13 when i started freshman year and i was you know so i was all already one of the youngest ones there so that kind of sucked um but i had this really great teacher mr beckham ronald beckham (laughs) i cannot if it hadn't been for mr beckham i don't think i would be where i am today yeah you know i've got mr beckham yeah shout out to mr beckham (laughs) you know i've got a lot of great influence you know my dad my grandma uh some of my best friends in the world and then there's mr beckham and they are all like at the seat mr beckham is there yeah uh he started he really started pushing me you know uh all the freshmen were required to take either band or art and the band teacher was kind of selective about who he let into his band yeah so art was a thing and i was like well that's that's cool i'm, I'm good i'm there and uh but there was such a large it was such a you know too many freshmen that they had to have an overflow class yeah so it was just me and like five other kids with mr beckham at the at the last like eighth period it was just us yeah and so you get there was there was five of us who were really into the art and then wallace <laughs> and wallace rants i I mean, he was funny as hell. He'd sit there and he just uh, so you had a, you had your class clown, and Mr. Beckham loved him to death too. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a big issue or anything. Yeah. But so you had five people who were just focused on making art, and then Wallace who was keeping everybody cracked up. And he honestly he had some talent. Like he did some good shit. He just didn't really care. Yeah. Uh, and then Mr. Beckham, and so like that whole year it was just 
you know, the seven of us vibing in that room. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And so I was like, all right, Mr. Beckham, do you do, you know, classes beyond? He's like, yeah, no, 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 I do all the way through to AP art. So I, you know, I stuck with Beckham for four years, just being the art kid. Yeah. That was me. And, uh, Man, I, I, he, he focused so much on concepts of design, you know, implementing you know, visual elements and all that and making sure that what you were putting together wasn't just you know, something that was expressive or, 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 I guess, emotional, but also had, had a, a voice and a purpose. Yeah. And some of the lessons that he was teaching, you know, I still I feel like I'm only just now really getting them as like I find that. my own style and develop. Uh, but he was, you know, that was... That was my sanctuary yeah you want to talk about you know my rock you know in psalms they talk about you know take refuge under the wings of the father nah that that was honestly that was beckham for me yeah i hate to i hate to sit there and say you know oh beckham was that, that's not the i don't want to be disrespectful but nah yeah. beckham was beckham was sort of my refuge during that time the, the art room was to. there yeah no and it, it helped that it was shoved off from the rest of the high school too like it was yeah. in the west wing there weren't much people there the only thing next door was the gym yeah. and so like people weren't coming around it was so cool that was yeah. it. You had that, that space. Yeah. That's when you started tapping in. That, and it'd be like that. You need that escape. You got to have that escape. And, and um, um, yeah. Escapes are, yeah. honestly, I used to, you know, I talk about small spaces. That started, you know, I found a lot of comfort in small spaces when I was a kid. Yeah. I'd go and I'd, and, you know, I'd hide away. I'd lock myself in my closet or go up in the attic or, or you know, climb a tree or something like that and just huddle around in branches. Yeah. And honestly, all it was, was was just finding a space that was completely in my own control and vibing with it. And then by the time, you know, I feel like I sort of stepped out quite literally. I mean, not to, not to make the gay joke, but I was in the closet for a long time, quite <laughs> literally. Just, you know, I had stuff in there and then I moved. I feel like I was transitioning out. I moved to the to the art room yeah. and then we got to school and I'm like, all right, well, now I've got the whole hall where I feel comfortable. You know, I live I live with some great people in that dorm. Uh, I was in a science and technology program, uh, residential program. So, like, everybody on the floor had entered for, like, sciences. Um, and I started, I think I mentioned this before, I started physics. And then I realized, I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't think I want to do this much math or anything. Yeah. Um, but all my friends were, like, so cool. And I'm sitting there watching them do, you know, engineering and coding. And, like, they're teaching me, like, minute aspects of, of computer programming and such yeah. and then I'm, I'm sitting there like drawing them and doing art and then, so I was you know sort of like resident artist you want to talk about artists and residents I was the resident <laughs> artist of that place uh, and now you know I'm feeling we finally moved from you know huddling in the closet climbing trees to now we're at the point where I'm like oh no nah, we're in Charlotte like this this whole place is great like yeah I don't need to hide anymore and, and you can fully be yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so the escape was was so nice. Having that refuge, especially with Beckham, with high school, with, with you know, the art program, and sort of funneling that into where I am now. Mm. Uh, yeah, escape was necessary. Yeah. It's crazy that you, um, now that we're speaking about the, the childhood, um, and I'm going back to what you spoke on at first, too, talking about your upbringing with the, the church and your mm. father. and. Yeah. Um, reprogramming it's like when you get to this point in your life where you you know reached a breaking point you got to reprogram yeah yourself to break out of all the shit that you've been taught and 
that's been afflicted upon you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you, no, for real. I mean, <laughs> you're now dropping the bags off. <laughs> like, <laughs> that you've I mean, been in all it. seriousness, I'm, I'm prime candidate for, you know, junior Republican National Convention right here. I mean, I'm white. I got blue eyes and all that. You know, I grew up in a, as, a, as a pastor's kid. Yeah. This boy should be going up and, you know, yeah. leading a fucking MAGA rally or something. I mean, that's. I feel like that was sort of the, the vibe and the cult. And that's not, that's yeah. not who my father is. That's not nah, his vibe at all. But, like, you know, he's, he's very... I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent who he is. Yeah. But it's it's the culture I'm talking about. The culture of of you know, small conservative churches. That whole thing. Yep. Uh, and so now being the queer, long haired artist who you know <laughs> does what the fuck you want. Yeah. Walks around. <laughs> you know. I I'm wearing my grandma's diamond ring on my fi- on my pinky finger. Yeah. Somebody somebody asked me the other day. They saw this like, is that like a gay thing or is that like a pimp thing? And I was like. Do I look like a pimp to you? You don't even look gay. I don't like. <laughs> I was like, all right. I feel like I've just been outed. I don't. Did I do that to myself? Jesus, this is a my thing. God damn. <laughs> like, this is a I my there thing, I, I man. Think what I, said, I was like, do I look like a pimp name slick back to you? God. Yeah. So when you came out of school, so that was the first the introduction with uh, Mr. Beckham. Yeah. So when you came out, like the older you got, and when was it when you started using art to, like, so really diving like, in, like, submerging yourself into it and be like... Because to me, I look at art as, like, baptism. That's a great way to... Honestly, you know... Yeah. Baptism, especially, you know, going back to... Uh, whenever my father would baptize people, he talked about, you know, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yeah. uh, you know, buried in the likeness of his death as you go into the water, then raised in the likeness of his resurrection. It's an entire... It's, it's a metamorphosis. It's supposed to be a symbol of transition and so art as baptism i think that's a a fantastic analogy right mm-hmm. there but you know i plunged in you know in high school after that you know that was that was one thing and then coming out and being on my own uh i really didn't have an, you know an art-centered focus anymore you know a dedicated space for it so i yeah. just started making my own space you know i'd sit at my desk or i'd go down to the the library and i just had these i have these books honestly and i still have them like yeah, my bag's over there. Reach in my bag right there. There's a there's a black book, and so I found and I just I've kept using these since I was there. These, mm-hmm. you know, I started with red books. I don't know why I switched, but now they're all black. And I would just make art in these books. You know, they be, they became journals. I was journaling for a long time, um, and then all of a sudden I found that I was drawing and 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 I've always been sort of a visual note taker. Yeah. And then what I was doing was just basically laying out everything visually again on the page. It was, again, communication. That was all it was. Um, and if you want me to stop on something, like, let me know. Nah, you, I'm just skimming through. You good? No, nah, yeah. So, like, See, uh, the, that, that year, I was, like, 17, 18, I started really just trying to express myself visually and becoming more of myself for the sake of just my own personal help, I guess. You know? Yeah. And And... So that was when I really dove in head first on my own. Yeah. And after that, you know, I, I'd gotten a grant from the school for a computer or whatever. So I grabbed an iPad instead because I'm like, all right, I'm going to write down my notes that way. Yeah. And then I downloaded some digital apps and then got started. I mean, that and that was sort of how I got to where I am today. I realized, hey, I don't have to spend, you know, I think I spent $900 in, just in pens and like materials at one point uh, in one year. And that was like when I was you know, a teenager mm. making, you know, 
eight bucks at a hardware store. Yeah. So the ability to have art with me at all times uh, was just, it was fantastic. And I feel like that's really what kept me stuck in the digital presence was making sure that I, I could take it with me wherever I go. You know, that's helpful with the See. notebooks and all that. But whenever I wanted to actually dive in and, and make a, a concentrated piece. Yeah. So, yeah, no, around 17, 18, that was really whenever I, like, hit it head first. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's crazy, y'all, because I look at Dean got an old-ass soul, man. Like, I, I, you read in his bio, <laughs> like, he's he's 22 years old, and he's unlocking this shit, like, now and, you know, just previous years before this conversation. Like, it's crazy that you're doing this, you know, at the age that you're doing it. Like, I'm 32, and I still... Now good for thirty two though. Say that man, much. Appreciate it, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> still trying to them, you know, reprogram, you know, and undo things that I was taught and undo restrictions that, that I picked up and grad I still got the art to do it, thank God, you know, with the with the music. Yeah. Um but I'm like now I'm learning what how you feel too. Like you need something that you can kinda take with you. Um yeah. I've like now, you see me flipping to the notes on my. Uh, yeah, no. Whenever you, whenever you like brought out the computer, he's like, "Yeah, no. Everything I do is here, and like I, yeah. I carry it with me everywhere I go." I really resonated with that. Like that was the whole vibe. I just got like that, like this year. I love it. I yeah. love it. You taking your healing with you, man. Like it's, what yeah, you need no. to express yourself. You know, I had this bag, this red bag, back in the day. You know, um, I still have it, and I've transferred now to like a. You know, I used to, I used to be the art kid that had like that canvas. Uh, satchel bag or whatever mm-hmm. and uh you know like it had drawings and buttons all over it. i mean i was i was a nerd i was an absolute yeah <laughs> and uh and now you know i switched over i had this you know i had this red book bag that i started carrying everywhere i went and that red book bag had so much stuff and i mean from you know all my art materials to some i'll say interesting yeah. sorts of contents there uh having i don't know I don't go anywhere without my bag. You know, I, I walk inside and I've still got my bag with me. You know, it's maybe a little different. It's black leather and it's got a strap again, but it's it's it goes with me wherever I go because that's the tool I need. I know, yeah. like, whatever's in that bag, I've got it. It's good for the day. Yeah. You know, so taking your healing with you, that's... That shit dope. I like that. It's nice. How many, um... How much work do you... Like, me? do you have work that you created when you were actually in the midst of like going through your your shit like going through your your healing and your yeah uh like how do you feel about that work like will you ever sell it or like do you you sit on it or you come back to it i genuinely hate to look at it sometimes mm. you know it's i have so much from back in the day just because you know i'm always making stuff there's never a time when i'm really not mm. um but i remember i was i was maybe 19 20 and I was, that was when I was deep in it. I mean, I was, I had just come home for the first time. Yeah. And, and you know, left school to, to try and focus on healing. And I wasn't getting it. I was, you know, I was working a distribution center job. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I was pulling, you know, I was like 40 degrees. I'm pulling 12-hour shifts. I'm having to drive over and see a very abusive partner at the time and yeah. and that's in the middle of the night like and then coming back in the mornings and then on you know on the weekdays I was babysitting watching like four kids or whatever and I was I was run ragged I felt tired and I wasn't 
I didn't have time for therapy appointments. I didn't, you know, I didn't get to do what I was, what I, what I said I was going to do when I left school to heal. Um, and at that point, you know, I was, I was on medication at least. And so I was gaining weight. Like I was 300 pounds at that point. Like I was, I was out of shape. I was you look good not, too, man. You thanks, man. I know. I, dope, I ended up losing. Like, quarantine helped a lot. I was like, all right, we, yeah. we got to do, we got to do something. Yeah. Uh, but part of that was also, I was homeless a little bit for a time. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you know, couch surfing with friends and trying to, and I didn't have, I didn't eat for about, you know, there was, there was a good two months where I wasn't eating anything. Yeah. You know, I lived off a bag of marshmallows for two weeks because I, I found them in the lounge. I was like, all right, these are mine. Yeah. And just took it. Uh, I remember, oh God. I came home after that because that was um, that was 2019. Mm-hmm. I came home and uh, I had hot food for the first time in ages because my parents didn't know that I that I left school again yeah. uh, to take care of mental health and, and stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm not going back. I don't care what they do. You know, I'll be. I lied to administration, said that I had a setup somewhere with a friend that I didn't. Yeah. You know, I told them all that I was, you know, I guess in a, in a completely different place and that I was secure. But in reality, I was. You know, living out for the generosity of friends and, and mm-hmm. you know, starving. But I, I was, it was better than going home. That yeah. was the whole feeling, you know. Uh, and so I made, you know, there was art that I made then. And I just, I hated it so much. I burned most of my books, my journals, yeah. everything. I, I threw them away and some of them, you know, just had a bonfire with some of it. Did you do like a like a little ceremonial type thing? Kind of like a let go type thing? I don't know. Just- I mean, I was, I was outside, you know, we live, we live like right at, next to some woods and all that and like you know i just built up the fire pit and i i felt empty even when i was burning everything you know it yeah. just felt wrong i felt like i was both denying what i'd been through but at the same time forcing healing in a way that wasn't actually healing yeah because i don't know I, I sometimes i still think I, I i wish i had those but at the same time it's nice not to have the memories yeah but in that moment mm-hmm. i was just full of pain and it didn't really matter what was happening so i just wanted to do something to get rid of it yeah and i still have some pieces from from back then you know back from high school whenever i was you know really really depressed um but like midway through most of those pieces are just i don't know they're bad yeah. i hate to say it that way i you know art isn't bad but they're just bad no i get what you're saying yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's very expressive but in a way that's angry yeah that's all it is it's just anger yeah you know? And that was something I feel like I, I struggled a long time with, with being angry. Mm-hmm. I, 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 anytime I was angry, you know, I saw what that did with my mom and how she would take it out on me. And so anytime I would get angry, I would just shut it off, you know? Yeah. I never wanted to feel that way. So there was a good yeah. six-month period of time where I just completely shut off my emotions. Yeah. I was not vibing with anyone. I didn't do anything. I, you know, I went to school. I did my work. I went to bed. That was it. I stopped making art. I fell behind on some of my projects for Beckham. Um, and I just, I didn't, you know, so anger was always a feeling that was there, but wasn't being acknowledged. And so yeah. finally letting loose on some of that, you know, it, especially in, in concentrated safe space, you know, like talking it out in therapy, yeah. uh, you know, going to church with a heavy bag, you know, yeah. that, that boxing, that, that whole thing was, that's very helpful. Even to this day, I mean, I'm not... I still think of myself a bit of an angry person, and you know, most of my friends characterize me that way. And I mm-hmm. think that's mostly just history now and how, yeah. how they've how they've 
know, perceive me through all this time, you know, because I can still get there if I need to. But at this point, it's just, you know, it's more fun than anything. It's a stress reliever for me. Being angry, you know, just Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, I feel like that that anger that I'm talking about now is more like whenever Hugh Jackman says he's gearing up for Wolverine, he says, you got to you got to get angry to lift hard. And then at the end of the day, everyone's smiling and stuff. But it's it's not that the deep rooted anger of of. You know, destructive. Un- yeah, it's not mm. as destructive anger. It's just a motivating anger at yeah. this point. And I feel like those are two very different things. Ah, that's real. Learning how to challenge it. Yeah, yeah. Channel it. Yeah. Learning exactly how to channel it. And I feel you, bro. Um, when I was depressed, I had them days where I would just lay in my bed and I had blackout curtains. And I would call in to work about three or four days straight. Like, I, I didn't want to go be around nobody. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to see people. I don't want to try to put on for people. I don't want to yeah, you just don't say w- hey when I don't feel like saying hey. Exactly. I don't care how you're doing. I'm not going to ask. Like I, that's the whole thing, you know. I stopped, like I said, I stopped caring about people for a certain time. Uh, and whenever it was, you know, really in the thick of it, like 2019, mm-hmm. uh, I had I was working the distribution center. I had this boss, and he was he was a great guy, or whatever. But I call out or I just lay out, and I wouldn't do anything. And he'd be, you know, I came in one day. He's like, all right, look. You're a good worker. You do you do the work that I need you to do when you're here. But give me one reason not to fire you because I've been asked if I'm going to or not. And I was Dang. like, and I, I was like, I, I laid it out. I was like, look, this this is what's happening right That's now. This I'm is where I am. To. I've got two more months at this job, and I'm going to be gone. He's like, if you want to fire me, I understand. You are within every right. But like, if not, I'll be here. And he's like, okay, then be here. Yeah. And that was sort of a wake up call for me. Like, all right, I guess I. You know, I need to do things. There's stuff I need. And so, yeah, I need to. There are people relying on me because, you know, small team, unloading trucks and all that. You know, whenever one person doesn't show up, all of a sudden that's, you know, that's effort everybody else had to put in. And it sort of helped me to refocus on what I do care about, which which is helping people. Like, I like to help you. You know, I'm I'm studying politics, philosophy and economics right now. Yeah. uh, You know, I'd, I'd like to go into a law degree to help people. That's my entire vibe. I'd like to do, you know, if I can, pro bono work, you know, civil rights, you know, uh, ACLU kind of thing. You know, immigration is really a big thing for me. I'd like to help people be able to, to get access to, to immigration benefits, you know, green card, all that sorts of thing. You know, just yeah. because that's a very difficult and destructive system right now, it needs people who are there. to. And I don't know if I can change anything, but, you know, if I can help people, then you I can help contribute. people. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'd like. That's sort of what I'd like to do. And so hearing that from... You know, a guy that I did respect, a guy that that had you know stuck his neck out for me. Yeah. It was like you know, then be here. I was like, all right, then I'll be here. That's, that's all you needed to hear. Yeah, pretty much. I need to be present. Yeah. And that's real. You healing, bro. You got to be present. Like, are you gonna keep living in the past with that anxiety? Exactly. You, you know, know, that sadness. What do I have to do? Is it necessary? And and after that, it was really you know, making the push. And and I felt and again I fell deep into it because I was keeping myself in, in the in the environment and spaces and around people who were just harmful and not helping me. Mm-hmm. But that was the push I saw where I was like, all right, I can't keep living like this. Yeah. And even though I didn't know what to do, and even though I kind of floundered around for a little bit trying to figure it out, like that was sort of where I was like, all right, we're we're gonna move forward. We're gonna yeah. do this. And that was it. That's dope, man. Well, um, y'all, this is Dean Harper uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina, digital artist. Uh, he's a painter. He's a he goes to school again. I'm reading back from his bio. Um, he does traditional art. He goes to school for philosophy and politics. And um, again, we're speaking on um, how depression and you know mental health. How we had art to to help us through, man. And um, we're live here at the Charlotte, North Carolina Vincent Van Gogh Immersive Art Exhibit. Um, 
So if y'all hear music, this looping song that we <laughs> <laughs> that we kept talking about that earlier. Damn song every yeah every thirty minutes. So um, Dean, how can people find you? Like oh Dean, guys, he's selling his work. Tell them all about Rick. You got you got I mean, work. I like, got some stuff here. You know some mm-hmm. of my pieces. I feel like I'm I'm relatively new to a lot of this, um, and so I'm I'm really just now bringing out my portfolio. You know I've mm-hmm. got one of my best pieces right here uh, about Kanosuga of. of anarchist feminist from the 1900s you know and, and it's like i'm feeling i'm there's a there's some stuff here you want to come by come by it's yeah. you know i'm here for the next honestly this is my last weekend after yep, that 14 you can reach me out uh art by d 99 red background white logo that's me on instagram other than that you have to find somebody that knows me <laughs> <laughs> but you got dope or do you sell like you got your workers online for sale no nah, not right now i'm building right that, now though. i'm building okay. that website cool well that is Thank the calm um but yeah, guys, uh, I'm Mert Son. Um, and y'all know my closing quote. Um, I may hang around some just to give people a chance to talk. So this episode, this may be the first episode that you hear of mine that will be edited uh, with so much going on. <laughs> but um, yeah, any change that you want to see in yourself, um, it begins with you. Believe in yourself. Be patient with yourself. And watch yourself blossom. This is Mert Son. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Let that coffee brew, let that air burn Meditating on my past and the lessons learned Wanna live life, wanna find me Wanna read the impressions of society Let that coffee brew, let that air burn Meditating on the past and the lessons learned Just wanna live life, just wanna be me Just wanna break these chains and become free